welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to this spirit-filled word by David Entry. When you catch a word, you have caught God. May you catch a word today that will cause God to change your story. Be blessed. As you know, we've been dealing with Second Peter. And in our last session, I ended on the verse um, 7. So I want to pick it from there. But permit me to read. I indulge. I just love. It says that till I come, give yourself to the reading of scripture. Hallelujah. So we want to read the scripture. Second Peter chapter 1. Reading from verse 1, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, rather, brethren, giving diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Shall we please pray? Father, we thank you and we are grateful to you for giving us the privilege and this glorious opportunity to gather around your word. For in you we live, we move and have our being. Your word is true. Your word is the main sanctifying agent. Sanctify us by your truth as we hear your word. Let yourself enter us. Deposit more of yourself into us that we shall become more and more like you. As you are, so shall we be in the world. Heal the sick, deliver the captives, save the lost, convict the sinning. Let your name be glorified. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In our previous session, I ended on how we should add brotherly kindness. And I took my time to explain the brotherly kindness. But just for those who have not, you, I will encourage you to listen to the previous session. But just, let's, just let me add this, let just recap slightly. It says that according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us unto glory and virtue. As we know him, we begin to experience the uh, all that the divine power has already deposited in us, by which we'll be able to 
live the life that we are supposed to live, so whereby he has given to us exceeding great and promises that we should be able to be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. There's so much corruption that is in the world. So the verse 3 talks about his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to godliness. So we, we have all things. That's the key point. We have all things in this life of faith. We have all things that pertain to life and to godliness. However, he said, verse 5, besides this, giving all diligence. So now we have to bring all diligence. Now, we become partakers of the divine nature by virtue of the promises. So these promises are given us so that we can become partakers of the divine nature. And being a partaker of the divine nature makes you escape the corruption that is in the world. The divine nature supplies you with the abilities of God to do what God can do through the flesh, right? So the divine nature gives us that and how by uh, th these promises. So we, we get the promises to be able to partake of the divine nature. I've explained it in the previous sessions already. But guess what? It's not just the promises. It says that we have the promises. Now we have to also give diligence. God has done his part. There is the human dimension. We have to do our part. So he said, giving all diligence at Oh, add to your faith. In a previous session, I said, develop your faith to produce. So adding to your faith is not like something from outside. The faith is the foundation of Christianity, foundation of spirituality, foundation of our work with God. In the book of John, John alone, the word believe is used about 97 times. Sometimes in one verse, it's used multiple times. Practically almost every verse in the book of John, 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 that reveals Jesus being the life. It talks about believe, believe, believe. Believing, that's why we are called believers. Believing is foundational. But now, having had the foundation of faith, watch this, this is very important. We produce, we develop, we develop this faith to produce. So, when you develop your faith, any faith that is developing, anybody who is growing in Christ, these things are the resultant effects of developed faith. Deve <laughs> Getting a new car is not necessarily a sign of developed faith. <laughs> getting a baby, getting a husband, getting, getting physical things is not necessarily a sign of developed faith because people can get it without developing their faith. There's the actual sign of genuine developed faith is what we are talking about. He said, giving all diligence. It takes a certain level of input to develop your faith. It doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come automatically. You have to put in the work. Hallelujah. So it takes a certain level of effort to get your faith developed. And when your faith is developed, it automatically says that giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. In other words, develop your faith, build your faith to produce virtue. When your faith is being developed, virtue, which is moral excellence, becomes a resultant effect. So it says, giving all diligence. Develop your faith or giving all diligence, add to your faith, supply bountifully to your faith. The faith that you have, as you work on it, it produces virtue, which is moral excellence. And then it says that as moral excellence is being developed and as you develop your faith to produce moral excellence and that is being developed, it produces knowledge. So to, to your faith, add virtue. To virtue, add knowledge. To knowledge, add temperance. To temperance, add perseverance or patience. To patience, add godliness. To all, so all these things, as I taught in the previous session, are the, the stages of development, spiritual development. If, if godliness is not being produced in your life, after you have believed, you are not growing. If patience is not being produced, you are not growing. 
If moral excellence, virtue is not being produced, you are not growing. The first initial stage of spiritual growth is virtue, moral excellence. Your behavior is excellent. The, the quality of morality that comes out of your life is so excellent, men give glory to God. Let your light shine so, uh, before men that they will see your work. You know, I taught on charis, charis, the life of grace. The life of this is excellent. This is commendable. This is acceptable. That when we live a certain life, that command, it says that even though in First Peter, it said, as they speak evil of you, by virtue of your good works, they are silenced. The ignorance of foolish men or the foolishness of ignorant men are silenced because of the quality of life that we produce. And talks in First Peter chapter 1, I think verse 15, talks about how um, we, we are called to holiness. Partaker of God's holiness. So a certain lifestyle, a certain quality of life, watch this, that is, its strength is not based on our humanity. Hallelujah. The strength of that life is based on the life of God we have. Hallelujah. So God has not left us to ourselves to just live anything. He has called us unto virtue. So uh, according to him who has called us unto glory and virtue. And we have to now develop what is already inside us. Listen, when we talk about growing it, you are not getting something new into it. Already your faith is packaged with everything. All these things are loaded. Oh, 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 oh. Watch this. All these things we are talking about. What are we talking about? Virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness. All these things are loaded in your spirit already. They are loaded. It's, it's, it's the package. It's, it's called the faith package. When you are in Christ, this is the faith package. It's already loaded, but now we have to develop it. We have to grow it. We have to start. There's, you see, I, my, my, my beer grows. It's not, I didn't buy it from the market. I know some people buy it out, but this one, it grows from inside. Anything that grows means I already have it inside. I have to keep eating well or keep doing the right things, and then it will show. In other words, all these things that Bible is mentioning, the scripture talks about, it's already loaded it's loaded in your spirit. As there's a message I, I preach, I am loaded in the spirit. If these things are loaded into your spirit when you become born again. And now you have to give diligence. You, we have to give diligence to produce this, to nurture this, to cause it bountifully to be manifested in our lives. And so it talks about patience. It talks about um, godliness. Then it says to godliness, you add brotherly kindness. And I took my time to explain the brotherly kindness being, it, it's brotherly kindness is, the actual Greek word is Philadelphia. Yeah, Philadelphia. Philadelphia means brotherly kindness. And it said to godliness, add Philadelphia. Fellow adelphos, fellow love of the brethren. And that love is based on your emotions, your education, your feelings. Your convenience. So if I like this, my, my friend, I, I, I'm getting on with it. And it must happen in the church. We must get on with one another. We must develop brotherly kindness because we are all in the same direction. We, we love the same Jesus Christ. We love the work of God. We are building the work of God. We have some things in common that can, all, that can help generate brotherly kindness. And so brotherly kindness is natural. There are people who are not born again, but they have serious Philadelphia. Serious Philadelphia in First Peter chapter, I quoted in the previous session, chapter uh, 2 verse 17, where it talks about let, we should let brotherly kindness continue. We need the brotherly kindness. We need brotherly kindness. Hallelujah. So 
brotherly kindness is, is an essential aspect of your spiritual development. But watch this. That word translated brotherly kindness, in some translations, it uses brotherly love. It's the same thing. So Philadelphia is not just brotherly kindness. Philadelphia is actually brotherly love. That's very important. Brotherly love. Philadelphia. Phileo. Phileo is love. It's not just kindness. Phileo is love. And Adelphos is brotherly. So F Philadelphia. Philadelphia is brotherly, brotherly Love, not just brotherly kindness. Phileo Adelphos, love of the brethren. In fact, so First Peter chapter, uh, let me read it. That I think it will be good to. First Peter chapter two verse seventeen talks about. We read it earlier. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Love the brotherhood. Phileo Adelphos. First Peter chapter three verse eight. It says that finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren. La so this is Philadelphia. Love as brethren. It's just a Christian thing. So that's why sometimes I find it very confusing when someone says I love Jesus, but always quarreling with other people in church. I don't talk to this one. I don't like this one. It's hateful. Hatefulness is not a, it's a major sign that the seed of God is not working. So here, it's a Philadelphus. Why Philadelphia? Because you can't have church without Philadelphia. You can't have church without Philadelphia. Now, if you are part of the faith community, you have to develop your faith so you are not having problems with people to undermine the Philo Adelphos in church. It's very important. So anyone who is spiritually growing tends to get along with a lot of others in spite of the people's behavior and other things. But Philadelphia, it's not only spiritual, it is also natural. So it's a natural love which people who share similar interests can get along and do things together. It's natural love. But then there is another dimension of love. I told you in the last teaching that I'll show you the difference between Philadelphia, uh, fellow Adelphos, that's the brotherly love, and the love, as the King James says, add charity. If I have brotherly love, what other love? He says that to your faith add virtue. To your virtue add knowledge. To knowledge add temperance. To temperance add patience. To patience add godliness. To godliness add brotherly love. And to brotherly love add love. Brotherly love. So what, what's the difference between the brotherly love and love? There's a massive difference. There's a major difference. Watch this. The difference between that is that the brotherly love is natural and the agape love is supernatural. The agape love is not natural. The agape love is the God kind of love that meets needs unconditionally. So it meets the need of somebody unconditionally. Brotherly love has a lot to do with our education, our knowledge. It has a lot to do with our feelings. Whilst agape love, the God kind of love, has not got to do with your feelings. And so whether I feel good, you see, brotherly love, when I feel very good, I'm likely to do more for you. When I feel very bad about you, I'm likely to do less for you. All right. But agape love, it doesn't matter how I feel. It is constant. It doesn't change. Agape love is not dependent on whoever, whatever you do. It's dependent on the, the giver of the love. That is why it is not natural. It is the God kind of love. For God so loved the good people of the world. No. For God so loved the nice people of the world. No. For God so loved 
the world because it's not discriminatory. That love meets need. And it says that when you develop your brotherly love, your fellow Adelphos, you end up with an agape if you are working by faith, if you are developing in Christi your Christian work, if you are growing, if you are developing, then the brotherly love or fellow Adelphos will always invariably for the de one developing produce agape love. You have produced the agape. And so, now watch this. In the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 and verse 16, I would like to read it. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, the scriptures say, He that loves not knows... <laughs> this is a serious scripture. He that loves not knows not God. For God is love. He said, if you don't love, and this love, watch this, this love is not the fellow, it's agape. He that loves not, knows not God. Why? Because God is love. Verse 16, 1 John chapter 4, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. God is love. God is love. God is love. Now, this is talking, oh, oh, thank you, Lord. Agape is just pointing to the nature of God. It's not, it's not natural. I want to show you how agape love is not natural. You have to be in God. You have, oh, thank you, Jesus. You have to have the divine life a supply of the divine life in order to manifest agape love. For example, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 44, he says that, I'll read it. Matthew chapter 5 verse 44, watch this. He says, but I say unto you, love your enemies. That is not natural. No, 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 no. If you leave me alone, I will love my enemies. I will love my, God has to supply me with his abilities to be able to love my enemies. Jesus said, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Uh-uh, not for me. Do good to them that hate you. How? Not for me. It's not natural. You can't be natural and do this. This thing does not come to us naturally. Why do you have to say it? Because if you hate me, I will hate you. Not by nature. So then for you to be a Christian and growing, you need to depend on the life of God within you. And it's the nature. The nature of God in manifestation is what makes us work in or produce agape love. In your marriage. Agape, oh, agape love is not an idea. Agape life is a manifestation of the nature of God in somebody. <laughs> the agape love is the expression of the life of God inside you. It's supernatural. It's not natural. Agape love is unnatural. Look at verse 46. It says that Matthew 5, 46. For if ye love them that love you, what reward have you? Watch this. Do not even the publicans do the same. Natural men do the same. What is unique about that? What is unique about loving the people who love you? But when you are able to love your enemies, that's, that's not natural. That is unusual. That is why it takes the life of God to be able to manifest agape love. It's so important. For 1 Corinthians chapter 13 actually tells us about love, um, the chapter on love. And that is clearly not the natural love. It's the unnatural love. <laughs> Unnatural love. First Corinthians 13 describes the unnatural life, love, which the God life can produce. The unnatural love. And in Romans chapter 13, I would like to read from verse 8. I think you will like this. It says that, oh, no man, anything. Oh, no man, anything. 
Oh, no man, anything. Go and pay that money. <laughs> Go and pay it. He said, Oh, no man, anything, Christian brother. <laughs> pay him his money. You are using, you are owning, you are buying new shoes. Go and pay them. <laughs> oh, oh, no man, anything. No man, that means bank too. Uh, phone, phone company, uh, telephone line supply, uh, uh, gas companies, electric companies, it's all, uh, they are all in the realm of man. <laughs> he said, oh, no man, anything but to love one another. As for loving one another, we don't have choice. Watch this, to love another. For he that loves another has fulfilled the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Love. And this love, if you check, the Greek word for this love is not fellow, it's not eros, it's agape. Is the agape love that loves, that, the love that seeks to meet need, not based on feeling. But it's, so, so, okay, let me put it this way. The love that is based on need, not on uh, emotions. That love is based on need. So it is executed, it is, it's manifested based on the need that is seen. And so it's so important we understand the scriptures enjoin us very clearly and very strongly to walk in love. In Galatians chapter uh, 5 verse 13 and verse 14, see how um, the, scripture, the, script, the scripture puts it. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 and verse 14. I read, it says that, for brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. This love is agape. Serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt agape thy neighbor as thyself. And now, this, how can I love somebody like I love myself? It's not natural, please. Sometimes religiously we make it look like it's just you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. If you are not born again, you can't do this. You cannot do this. It does not come naturally. You can pretend to be doing it, but in your core, you are not doing it because it's not from your core. You, no human being has it in himself to love this way. It must be, it's unnatural. And so then it comes from an extension of the life of God that is in us to be able to love. I see you walking in agape. I see you as you are, oh, 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 oh. As you are growing in your walk with God, I see you manifesting agape. As you are growing your faith, I see agape, not only uh, not Philadelphia, but agape is also manifesting. Uh, Philadelphia has moved further to agape, has moved higher to agape. Shout amen. Praise God. So you can tell, you can see, uh, from this scripture I want to read, First Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12, it says that, and the Lord make you increase and abound in love one to another. Now, this is not Philadelphia. This is agape love. He said, God make you increase. This is a, it's, it's, the, it's an expression of the nature of God in man. Yeah. 
Agape is the expression of the nature of God in man. Oh, man of God. Agape is a sign of spiritual maturity. <laughs> it starts with faith is foundational. Then you develop its virtue. You develop its knowledge. You develop its temperance. You develop its patience. You develop its godliness. You develop its brotherly love. You develop its... That's the, so there are seven stages. Seven stages. The first being foundation is faith so the first being virtue the second being knowledge the third being temperance the fourth being patience the fifth being godliness the sixth being brotherly brotherly love and watch this watch this the seven being agape now watch this so you can see faith is the foundation and the fruit is agape love agape love is the fruit of a matured believer the fruit but it goes through the stages and the ultimate fruit of our, our Christian work is agape love. This makes me want to get into the subject of fruits. Fruitfulness is a natural progression of the divine life in anybody. Fruitfulness. The divine life, one of the major signs of the manifestation of divine life is fruitfulness. It produces something. Not what we do when we are in church during the time of worship that matters. It is what we do after the time of worship that determines what we have caught. It, that's what determines the quality of the worship. The quality of our worship is not determined during worship. The quality of our worship is determined after worship. What we do after worship. <laughs> that's what determines the quality of our worship. And I see you walking into quality worship. I see you walking into higher dimensions of God. In the dimensions of the grace of God. The glory of God. For he has called us unto Virtue. He has called us unto glory. He has called us unto virtue. So shall it be. Now watch this. Now let's go back to the foundational text. Second Peter chapter 1. It says that, and to God, verse 7, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 8. Oh, oh, I like verse 8. For if these things, what are the things, these things? We're talking about virtue, knowledge, temperance, uh, perseverance, godliness, brotherly love, and charity. He said, if these things, watch, this is very important. If these things be in you, if they exist in you, if these things be in you and abound, what happens? They make you that ye shall neither be barren. Barren is useless. Useless. You shall neither be barren, uh, you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the. Ah, ah, see, fruitfulness has appeared here. Unfruitful. So then, watch this. He said, You shall never be barren nor, nor unfruitful. That means you are supposed to be productive. When you are born again, in your knowledge you, of Jesus Christ, you are supposed to be fruitful. That's why, what I meant by the nature of God. It's the divine life is fruitful by nature. It's fruitful. It produces. Jesus puts it this way. Uh, you did not call me. John chapter 15 verse 16. You did not call me. But I called you that you should bear fruits. Yeah. Why did he call? He said, I called you that you should. Be, because the divine life inside you produces fruits. It produces fruit. But let, before I even show you several scriptures that point to the fact that the divine life is meant to be fruitful. Let's look at the warning against fruitlessness or being unfruitful. Unfruitfulness, it is not of God. Unfruitfulness is a sign that the life of God has been compromised. Unfruitfulness. In Jude, verse 12. Jude, verse 12. It said, this, some people are like clouds without rain. Hey! 
Uh, I'll show you. Let's go to Jude verse 12. He said, these are spots in your feasts of charity. It's like, he said, certain individuals, uh, when they are part of the church, they are spots in the church. <laughs> in our party, in our celebration, and uh, said, these guys are spots. spots. Who are these? It's a certain type of people who have all kinds of a different understanding of the things of God, and they do their own things. said, they are spots. Spots. You have a nice uh, garment you are wearing, and it's got spots. Spots. Polka dots. They are like polka dots. <laughs> it's like variegated leaves. Spots. Spots. Zebra. Tigers. They make our fellowship look like a skin of a tiger. <laughs> spots. It's in the Bible. It says that, it says that these, these are spots in your feast of charity. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Watch this. They begin to, begin to describe them. Clouds, they are without water. Carried about of winds. Watch this. Trees whose fruits wither. Without fruits. They said they are without fruits. Trees whose fruits wither. They are without. You can be in the church. This is talking about people in church. Without fruits. We have been enjoined and called to have fruits. Titus chapter 3 verse 14. Titus chapter 3 verse 14. It says that let us also learn to maintain good works for necessary uses that they be not unfruitful that see you can be unfruitful you are in christ but you can be unfruitful he said i called you that you bear fruits i pray that you will develop your, your faith so you will not be unfruitful he says that if these things be in you and abound it makes that you are not barren nor unfruitful that means that we have been meant to be fruitful but you can become unfruitful and fruitful Barren, fruitless, unfruitful. It says in uh, uh, Titus that, um, that we don't become unfruitful. And look at John. John chapter 15, reading from verse 2 to 5. I think you will like this. Verse 2. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, oh, oh, he takes away. God will take that branch away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it. Why? That it may bring forth more fruits. Huh? The divine life is meant to be fruitful. He said, every branch, any of us who is in Christ, who is not bearing fruit, he said, he will cut you off. <laughs> and so there are people who are praying, oh Lord, they are fasting, oh Lord, but you are fruit fruitless. Unfruitful. Unfruitful. Unfru he said, God, he will, he will cut you off. <laughs> there are people who are fasting, but they've been cut off already, but they don't know. F unfruitful. Because the divine life generates fruits by nature. And then it says that, verse 3, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch, can, oh, oh, as the branch cannot bear fruits of itself, except it abides in the vine. No more can you, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, verse 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abides in me and I in the same brings forth much fruit. So we are not meant to be fruitless or unfruitful. We are meant to be fruitful. The, oh, the Christian life is a life that produces fruits. It's a life that are meant to produce, watch this, godly fruits. 
Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. He said, the fruit of the Spirit is. The fruit of the, it talks about the, in, in James chapter 3, verse 18, it talks about the fruits of righteousness. So we bring forth the fruits of righteousness in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. It talks about that we will partake, we will be partakers of the, his divine nature and bring forth fruits of righteousness. Fruitfulness is just a basic, a, a basic manifestation of the divine life. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 2, it talks about how the, the tree, there's a tree, I think I'll read it, the tree in, the, uh, in, in heaven, in paradise. In the heavenly Jerusalem, Revelation chapter 22, verse 2, he said, And in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river was, watch this, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manna. <laughs> what was there? The tree of life. The, the, the essence of the nature of God is fruitfulness. It bears twelve, 12 manna of fruits. Twelve manner of fruits. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, the scripture talks about how God is able to increase our seed soul so we can bring forth fruits. In Hebrews chapter 15, verse chapter 13, verse 15, it talks about the fruits of our lips. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 6, it talks about our fruits. In Colossians, it talks about the word of God, which is bearing fruit all over the world. It's, bringing, it's bearing fruit. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 10, it talks about being fruitful. Fruitfulness is just a basic necessity, basic aspect of Christianity. In Romans chapter 1, verse 13, it talks about fruitfulness. Romans chapter 6, verse 22, talks about about fruitfulness unto righteousness, fruitfulness. When we were slaves to sin, we were under the control of sin. Now that we are no more slaves to sin, but slaves to righteousness, we are supposed to bring forth fruits. Romans chapter 7, verse 4, it talks about, let me read that one. It talks about fruits. Romans 7, 4, talks about we are meant to be fruitful. I see you becoming fruitful. God has already prescribed the key to fruitfulness, or in other words, the key to to escape unfruitfulness. He said, if these things abound in you, if these things be in you and abound, you won't be unfruitful. Unfruitfulness will cost you your rewards in heaven. It will cost you, in fact, you'll be cut off. You, you, God will chop you. So you are praying and God is not hearing because of unfruitfulness. He said, Jesus said, any branch in me that bears no fruit, the Father, the Father has the scissors. He has scissors. Chop you off. You will not be chopped off. As you develop your faith and as you grow in the Lord, I see you becoming fruitful, fruitful. Now watch this. Romans chapter 7 verse 4. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruits of he said, we have been married to Jesus so that we should bring forth fruits unto God. Fruits unto God. When God looks from heaven, he's not looking just to answer prayers. He's looking to see fruits in his people. Because watch this. As I said, the essence of the divine nature, divine life, the divine life produces fruit. We saw the tree of life, which is the significance. It was in the Garden of Eden. It says that God created a garden eastward of Eden and put man in the garden he has created and caused, verse 9 of Genesis chapter 2, and caused all manner of trees, fruit-producing 
trees to grow. And the tree of life was there. It was also, and then guess what? Satan replication of trees, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He said, do not eat of that tree. We, so the tree of life that was in the garden was also producing fruits. And Bible says that it produced 12 manner of fruits. Every month has a fruit to stand for it. Revelation chapter 22 verse 2. This tree of life produces fruit. So how come you are of the tree of life, of the life of Christ, and you will be fruitless? No! No! No, but you can! Because you are not growing. You are not growing up. You are growing old. As I said earlier, there's a difference between growing up and growing old. When you grow up, you bear fruits. He said, if these things be in you, they have to increase. If they be in you, when you are born again and you are a man of faith, you are a woman of faith. <laughs> I'm about to throw a challenge. Are you ready for this? This is going to be a bit strong. Are you ready? If you are a man of faith, a woman of faith, prove it with your fruits. The fruits you are talking about, spiritual. Prove it. Prove it, because if you are a man of faith and you are growing in the Lord, there definitely will be virtue. Virtue will produce knowledge. Knowledge will produce temperance. Temperance will produce perseverance. Perseverance will produce godliness. Godliness will produce brotherly love. Brotherly love will produce agape love, the fruits. He said, but if these things be in you and increase, it will make you that you will not be unfruitful. I prophesy that we will not be unfruitful. And let me add the verse 9. Let me read the verse 8 again. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord. The knowledge here, ginosko, in, uh, sorry, epignosco, or epignosis. The epignosis of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things, oh, oh, is blind. And cannot see afar off. It's like you are walking and you, with your eyes squinted. You know, maybe the light is too bright, so your eyes are... You can't see properly. You can't. There are people in church. That's why they complain about everything. There are people who are people of faith. But when you look at their life, it doesn't bring, produce fruit to the glory of God. They don't see far off. Everything is just talking about what is just around them. What is going on around them. That's all. Current situations. Only the current. But God is the God of prophecy. He's a prophetic God. He's preparing you for something ahead. That is why he's looking unto Jesus. We have to lift up. Bible says that Jesus, looking unto Jesus, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Watch this. Who for the joy that was set before him. He said, you, verse, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, you have need of endurance. You have need of patience. That after you have done the will of God, you shall obtain the promise. He says that we are not of them that draw back unto perdition. Because he said, if anyone draws back, my soul shall not have pleasure in him. You can't draw back. So he says that anyone who lacks these things, what are these things? The things that we are talking about. You lack virtue. You lack temperance. You lack knowledge. You lack patience. You lack godliness. You lack brotherly love. You lack, please, please, please. Uh, brother Quarista. <laughs> brother instrumentalist, sister instrumentalist. Uh, brother preacher. Uh, brother Asher. Um, bra brother cameraman. Uh, please. <laughs> please listen to me. Listen to me. Don't, be, you have to feel ashamed when you are exhibiting a life that is void of brotherly love. You can't help me. I don't, I don't talk to her. I, I, I don't get out. Please, you shouldn't even be talking like that. Because it's a sign that the life of God in you has been stifled. You are not living by the divine nature. Or it's a sign that you are not growing. And if you don't grow, Bible talks about all creation is groaning. 
If you don't grow, you will groan like creation. But if you grow, you will glow like the angels. I see you glowing, 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 glowing. Hallelujah. We got to grow. We got to grow. It's not enough to say, I believe in Jesus. Please grow to produce fruits. Else, I said, he's blind. For anyone who lacks these things, but he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off. Oh, this is a serious one. <laughs> Watch this. Uh, this one, when I read it, I found it interesting. And has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. When we, in, in, in other sessions, you will notice how he kept telling them, remember, remember, I want to put you in remind, uh, I will remind you, remember, I want to put you in remembrance, remember, remember. Here it says, you're forgotten, it says, you've forgotten that you have been purged from your old sins, not this current one. <laughs> the stuff in your past, you have been purged. You see, you've forgotten. That's why you're going back like that. When we forget we have been paired from our old sins, we, our old sins, we easily fall back into those sins. We fall back into those because we, fall, we are short-sighted. And sometimes we don't realize the damaging impact of sin on our destinies, on our families, on our marriages, on our lives, on our finances, in every aspect of our life because God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. But once we are short-sighted and we forget that we have been paid from our sins, we will, will short-circuit whatever the supply is from above. And we will, in, in Psalm 82, particularly verse 7, he said, you will die like mere men. <laughs> Let me read it. <laughs> yeah. Psalm 82 verse 7 said, But ye shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. No, I'm not saying you will die. You will live in Jesus' name. But what I'm saying is that what you'll be as vulnerable as any other person, any ordinary person. As long as the spirit was on something, he was never vulnerable. They will come after him, but he will deal with them because the spirit of God was upon him. Once he hadn't cut the logs, he, had not, he, he, he maintained his Nazarite vows, he was not vulnerable. If you abandon your Nazarite vows, you are vulnerable. You will die like mere men, like ordinary men. You will die like ordinary men. You will die. We, we, we are all susceptible to be suffering what others suffer. We are all susceptible to becoming what other, like others. We are all susceptible, except we begin to draw on the divine life that is in us. The power. Bible says, according as his divine power, Power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So we will not be as vulnerable as others. Where others travail, we prevail. I see you prevailing. I see you bearing fruit. I see you moving from glory to glory. It shall be well with you. Before the end years, don't be crying about, oh, what God must do for you. I think it's about time you think about how much fruit we are bearing. Um, because all things that pertain to life and godliness has already been given to us. You will not be put to shame. You shall do well. You shall prosper. You shall excel in your, in your work with God. And guess what? You will not suffer myopia, short-sightedness. You, you will not be myopic. You will see far. When others can't see far, you will see far. Maybe in our next session, I'll, take, I'll pick it from there. Seeing afar off. Seeing a pharaoh. They are Abraham and Moses and those guys, they saw what we are walking in. They saw it afar off. That's why they never give up in their faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, Bible says that these guys died in faith, having not obtained the promise. They died in the faith, having not, but they saw it afar off. Yeah, I think I'll read it. Even though um, I'm ending, I think I'll read it. 
Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. He said, these all died in faith, having not received the promise, but having seen them afar off. That's why they stayed in faith, because they could see far. Sister, can you lift up your eyes and let these things grow in you so you can see far? You, the divine life helps you to see far. The life of faith that is matured or maturing helps you to see far. You see farther than others can see. So you are, you are not susceptible or you are not subjected to current feelings and current circumstances, but you live based on the victories ahead. Hallelujah. You will not be short-sighted. You will not be barren. You will not be unfruitful. But you will be fruitful from glory to glory to glory to glory. Verse 9. But either like these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he's been purged from his old sins. You won't forget, but you'll remember. I can't wait to go to the verse 12, 13, 14. says that I put you. I know you know these things, but I remind you. It is good. He said, I stir up your heart through remembrance. I stir you up through remembrance. I know I'm about to die, but I, won't, I, don't want, I want that while after, long after I've gone, you will always remember these things. You will always remember. That. Don't forget how we have been purged. Don't let us, brothers and sisters, don't let us forget how we have been purged from our old sins. Don't let us forget. You don't say, I don't want to forget. No, rather develop these things. For if these things are in you, you will not forget. You will not be short-sighted and you will not forget. But don't try not to forget because naturally you will forget. But when you develop yourself, you don't forget some things. In Jesus' name. May God add his blessing to his holy word. I hope you receive something. Hallelujah! Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. When God speaks, works show. And the works will surely show in your life. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.